You are listening to the 1420 Sports Podcast. Four beer with a sports talk and a whole lot more. With your hosts, Brent Radlinski from the Yankee Tavern North and Dave Van Robies from the Dutch Oven. Both of us are in Lethbridge, Alberta. Let's get into it. 1420 Sports Podcast. Four beer with a sports talk and a whole lot more. Show 167, January 6, 2022. A special edition of the show tonight. We got the boys from... Uh, Oh, I fucked that up. The Brutally Honest Podcast. Anyway, sorry, guys. Just trying to read and I shouldn't read. Aaron and Dan with the Brutally Honest Podcast. How are you tonight, guys? Good. Yeah, we're from wherever's not going to get us hit. Uh, but thanks, David, Brent. Uh, glad to be here. And Aaron, very excited to be with the boys tonight. Yeah, appreciate appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Uh, I'm glad we picked January 6th to have you guys on. It's a monumental day. We picked a couple of American guys. What's your thoughts on the insurrection? That's what we guys brought you guys on. I totally, totally, totally kidding, guys. Uh, we, we we try not. To get How much time do you here. have? Oh, we uh, we have not that much because we try not to get too political at all. That's something that I know very little about, but uh, we try not to talk about that kind of stuff because, man, one way or another, that, that gets you in trouble. There's no getting around that. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, guys, the NFL season it's winding down. Um, teams are in, teams are out. It, and there's too many playoff uh, circumstance can happen right now. This guy beats that team. That team beats this team. If any chance throughout in any sport, if you got to become a mathematician, your team's in trouble. Without a doubt. And you look at the, it's actually quite entertaining to read the AFC playoff scenarios. I think it's Pittsburgh. They need six things to happen. And then also if, Shit, I wish I would have remembered. Um, the the Chargers-Raiders game, which is the last game on Sunday night, if certain things fall that fall into place, if those two teams, if they tie, both of them can make the playoffs. So, you know, they, like, there might even be some skullduggery, which I would love. Could you imagine that? If they tie, they can both make the playoffs. And if they tied, like, 3-3? That would be something else. That, that would be Aaron. I know, and you know that ain't happening. Uh, ties in football. There, there was, there, there actually was one this year, was there not? I believe there was two or three. No, this year for sure. Didn't Minnesota tied, and I believe Pittsburgh tied. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh and Detroit. Wasn't it Pittsburgh Detroit? Like middle, of the, middle of the season there. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a tie that shouldn't have happened. Ugly game, like uh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, Wait. absolutely filthy game. When, when you're the Pittsburgh and you look back on that tie with Detroit, you got to be thinking that's an opportunity lost because he's, you, you, you get seven, well, 16, 17 games now, and you, you give one up to Detroit. That should be a guaranteed win no matter what, Aaron. 100%. Yeah, that's – I mean, I think, what, Big Ben didn't play that game at all. Um, not that he has a bunch left in the tank, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was quite rough when, when you have Mason Rudolph in there uh, just not doing it, much of anything, unfortunately. but. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. A tie to me is always kind of like a loss. I, I'll, I'll chalk it up to a loss, especially against Detroit. Detroit. That's Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Get into the topic I want to talk about tonight. There's so many teams look that are going to be looking for quarterbacks. Um, either quarterbacks want to move on to greener pastures. The, the grass is not always greener; it's just different most of the time. Uh, guys retiring, guys. Uh, that aren't good enough. You go down the the line with Pittsburgh, probably a big bench, probably going to retire. 
You got Seattle that Russell Wilson probably wants to move on from a team that's not doing much, move to a, a bigger, a bigger, different uh, market. You got Houston with uh, the guy who likes massage a little bit too much with Deshaun Watson gotten wanting to, they got to get rid of that contract, get rid of him somehow. And then uh, green Bay situation, Aaron, should a team in the, in a, if you're a seven and seven or whatever, or eight and seven, that uh, Pittsburgh is now, what kind of guy should they go after once big Ben retired? Do you stick with your drafted guy? Do you go, go get a, a seasoned vet or do you, do you, do you draft a new guy? What, what, what's the best option for most of these teams? Yeah, I think like Pittsburgh in, in particular, I think they need to get back to at least competing for that division. So you kind of need a guy. I, I don't know if you can go out and get like a, I mean, a Rogers would be like probably two year, three year max that you're going to get good, good, uh, good play out of him. Um, but I, I think you got to get a guy. If you're going to draft a guy, you can't really miss because like Mason Rudolph's not going to be the guy. Dwayne Haskins isn't going to be the guy. So you need, like, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you need to get back to the winning ways. So whatever that might be, if, if they can draft like a Kenny Pickett from Pitt or, um, you know, somebody else in the draft that, that they think is their guy, I'd say go for it. But they can't screw this up is basically what I'm getting to. So I would I would probably go out there to Sean Watson myself if I know he can stay out of trouble. But that's, you know, you're, you're risking everything, I guess. Well, the problem you got with Deshaun Watson is, is he going to be out of jail is the thing. Like, that's the kicker. <laughs> Like is do you go out and sign him and, and or, or trade for him? I guess is is the deal, but Dan, Dan, I don't know if you can take a, a flyer on a guy like Deshaun Watson, and I don't know if a team like Pittsburgh, because they are they are a quasi playoff team right now. If they go out and draft a quarterback who doesn't turn out very, that doesn't turn out well, then what? Then then you're going back four and five years, and the the teams that you've had for, for this long with Roethlisberger, like I'm not expecting them to go out and find a, a guy who's going to start for 18 years, but man, if you blow it on a draft pick and because quarterbacks haven't been drafting well lately. Yeah. So, so I, I'm a, I'm a New York Jets fan. Um, we historically have, have not drafted anybody good, no matter what the position is. Uh, so no one more than myself can definitely commiserate with that. I think Pittsburgh, a team like Pittsburgh, a team like New Orleans, and the Saints, uh, it comes down to coaching for me. Uh, I mean, you got a guy in Sean Payton coaching Taysom Hill, who doesn't belong in probably the the CFL. No offense there. Uh, much there's no, there's not the not no. Uh, somehow he, his contract is is crazy. Somehow he's making millions to play quarterback in the NFL, and they're still you know I think on the cusp of a playoff spot. Obviously, they'll be on the outside looking in there, but still somehow on the cusp of a playoff spot. So I, I think yes, talent and obviously drafting the right guy is important, but it's almost to me, it's, is how the organization is set up Is the owner. Does he have his head on straight? Do you have a good head coach? Do you have a good gym? Who's going to set you up for success, give you an offensive line, give you receivers, give you a tight end, put you in a good scheme that plays to your strength. Um, so, t- so organizations that have historically done that well, like a new Orleans, uh, like a Pittsburgh, I think they're better off to probably transition from the next guy off of a Drew Brees off of a Ben Roethlisberger than someone like the Jets who have basically recycled quarterbacks after quarterbacks because they're just inept and can't, you know, properly build around a guy. How is it every year? I shouldn't say every year, but how is it year after year the Jets can do that? I mean, I'm a USC guy and Sam Darnold was supposed to be the next coming of Christ and do everything else. And, and he stunk and uh, you go years back and Sanchez, he was terrible. Like how does it, how does it end up that these, the scouts blow it so badly and then yeah. they, they, they draft these guys and these scouts can pick year after year and say, okay, we need a quarterback. 
but the rest of our team isn't very good. Dave, if you if you're the rest of your team's not very good, should you draft a quarterback with the hopes that the rest of the team's going to catch up? I don't I think that is just a waste and you might as well trade that pick. If you're so now Detroit this year, you know, Goff's no good, but who who's he throwing to and and who's going to get killed? Like as a Jets as a fan, like the I'm not a Jets fan. I'm a Broncos fan. So I think the Broncos have just been stepping on their dick the whole time by not getting a confident quarterback because they do have the offensive weapons. They do have a decent defense and they're going retread after retread after retread. I, I don't get it. The, the Jags with Trevor Lawrence, all they're doing is running a Ferrari on a gravel road. He has he's he has no one to throw to. He had obviously a terrible coach this year. Why What's why drive a Earth? Ferrari? Yeah, why drive a Ferrari when all you need right now is a good sturdy Jeep? Develop talent. Give a quarterback. Make if you have the offensive weapons and a good offensive line, I think you can lure those free agents like Aaron Rodgers, like Russell Wilson, and then and then take your shot. It's it's a three four year window. Take your shot, man. Instead of instead of drafting Darnold and letting him get killed, um, I think that what's his name, Daniel Jones for the Giants. I think he's a decent quarterback as well. Yeah. But uh, the team around him is terrible. Do you think that the Green Bay Packers are hoping that they win a Super Bowl not just to win one, but just to say goodbye to Aaron Rodgers because they don't need that headache for another year? They make money no matter what. They sell their stadium out no matter what. But do you think it's like let's just win one and he'll just go away? Or do they want him forever? I I mean, I think if if you're the franchise and you have Aaron Rodgers, like you don't – even if he has a headache, an ego, an ego maniac or whatever, I, I'll take my chances with him over – like even Aaron Rodgers, what, at, what, is he 38, 39, somewhere in that ballpark? Like, I don't know. I mean, he you're 13-3 and three for a reason. Like, I, I don't think – like if, if they win, I don't think they'll want to kick him to the curb per se, I could be totally wrong there, but I think if you insert Jordan Love, it's going to be at well, least. Well, that's a disaster waiting to happen. That's what I'm getting at. Like, cause they didn't draft well. They tried Love for, for the, like, you got the one start this year. It yeah, was awful. Year. And he was. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he he's like, I wouldn't write him off, but I, to say he's going to fit in like an Aaron Rodgers type of a style or, or even be three quarters of what Aaron Rodgers is. I don't, I, I mean, that's huge shoes to fill. And like, I, if I'm Green Bay, I, I kind of deal with it and I just try and, maximize like to me I think Aaron Rodgers should definitely have like two or three rings by now um I think he got absolutely snubbed last playoffs in the in the Tampa game but that's a that's a different topic for a different day but but uh yeah if I'm them I'm I'm trying to keep him as long as he's playing at this level I'm keeping him as long as I can and trying to keep him happy that's all then you go to a team then with uh Cleveland who's close to a playoff team and then now they got Baker Mayfield, why he got drafted as high as he did is a mystery to me. Like he's he won a couple of games. Like and like in college, when your when your team is supposed to win games, they usually do. And these guys, and you, you go way back to Johnny Manziel. He he made a whole career out of one game against Alabama. Mayfield did the same thing. Why he got drafted so high? Now Cleveland's got to go in reverse, or can they go out and maybe who do they who do they go and grab to put them over the hump? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, you can't draft again and get another guy who's 21 years old. Right. Start old. And, and they're, you know, around 500, a little less than 500. So go down and draft a guy at 15, 16, 17, you know, trying your luck there. Maybe get a Kenny Pickett, like Aaron said earlier, maybe get a Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. 
hope someone falls there. But again, this quarterback draft is not like last year. There's not five guys you can pick from. And Baker Mayfield, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like he, where when he came into that franchise, I mean, there's not a worse franchise in sports. Yeah. Uh, taking the playoffs last year, uh, they're kind of a perennial winner now. Obviously, this year is kind of a step back. He had a torn labrum, has to get surgery after the season. So personally for him, it's not been what he wanted in, in the 21-22 season. And then you have the whole reports today coming out about, oh, he, he wants Kevin Spansky fired because of like the play calls and things like that. Um, I, if I'm Kevin Spansky and I'm the Browns, I'm doing everything in my power to smooth things over because I don't know who I'm getting unless you're trading for a Daniel Jones or trading for Russell Wilson or bringing a guy. But then again, you're shedding assets, you're shedding Baker Mayfield, who's been basically yeah. the face of your franchise since he's been there. It's, and he it, has turned him around. Like they, like he, he's given him a face. He's given him an identity. He is a winner. He likes to lead from the front. He did have a bad year, and he and he was injured a lot. And yeah. they still have him for one more year. They don't have yeah. to sign him. Like he, they have him for one more year, and then let's decide next year. Is it because it, he didn't have the year? Like this is the year where like Deshaun Watson and and um, Mahomes and Jackson. They sign their big money deal. Baker's not signing that big money deal. He's going to play for peanuts, what, $8 million for one more year. And now it's, it's fucker walk. Right. And, and that's, the, that's a, the that's problem, not a bad the problem situation. that Cleveland's got is if, if, if he gets them in the playoffs and then they're average losing the first round, then they're stuck with, them. if they, if they don't make the playoffs, they go, I hate six. It used to be eight and eight forever. They go eight and nine. Then, then they miss the playoffs. You're still stuck with them, but you're not, not. They got one more year. But th- then, what do you do? Then you, you make just, your decision you hope next you year. You draft somebody that's good enough. Like, like then, uh, your, then, your your MVP guy shouldn't because the most, the most important person on any sport is the quarterback. I don't care. I don't care what sport you're playing. Maybe a goalie in hockey. Goaltender. But, but a, a goaltender in hockey. I so I used that wasn't very good. But anyways, the the thing you got is that if your quarterback is Average, your team's average. And the worst thing you could ever have is your team being average. Because you know what you get? You get average draft picks. Yep. 100%. It's, it's so many times, though, over the past five years, though, they, they, there has been those diamonds in the roughs. Like Dak Prescott. He if was. You, if you throw the Tom Brady reference, I'll kick you right in the Oh, no, but that was 20 whatever. years ago. But, yeah. like, you know, that is obviously the, the all-time example. But Dak Pr- Prescott. Um, I think he was the sixth or seventh. I don't think he's uh, an all-world quarterback, but he's doing something right. And he gets to play in the shittiest division every year. Um, that helps. Um, and uh, there's one or two. Gardner Minshew. That guy can suit up for the Denver Broncos. I love that. He's a, he's a hey, Jeep, uh, huh? He's what? He's a Jeep. Talk about oh, Jeep yeah, guys, exactly. But yeah. he's he's a winner. He wants to win. I love his attitude. Yeah, and, and And – he. He's a good placeholder. Like, yeah, he's a Jeep. He's not a Ferrari, but he's not a hunk. He's not a jalopy that's going to crash into the wall after the first corner either. <laughs> jalopy, which is Archie. I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think the Browns are like, if you're the Browns fans or the organization itself, like you can't live in fear just because like if Baker continues to fall off this cliff that he was like, he was playing very well and then goes downhill. Like you can't be afraid to dump him just because like he got your franchise turned around. Like, there's still pieces in place, and if he plays shitty, like you just gotta. I, in my opinion, you can't you can't dump a ton of money into him and just be, hope that works out. Because if there's no signs of him returning back to what he was, like, what's the point? To me, 
Who's better, Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo? Baker Mayfield. I think yeah, so, too. I guess like, so, yeah. Sam Fran has to be looking for a quarterback. I mean, I'll take Gardner Mitchell about Kyle Shanahan's job, but, I mean, I, I would look at the man who's throwing the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, if Trey Lance now, who's a rookie, I don't really put much stock into rookie quarterbacks in their first year. I think he just started his second game this past week. So uh, I'm not going to tell you he's going to be the face of the franchise, but I'm not going to tell you he stinks either because we don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo, on the other hand, has had every opportunity and then so, the reins yeah. of that franchise, he even was supposed to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady in New England. It obviously pissed it away down in San Fran after he got hurt toward the ACL and was horrible in that 2019 Super Bowl with, quote-unquote, one of the best offensive minds in the entire league. So if you can't win with a guy like Kyle Shanahan calling the plays, you know, scheming up the, you know, your entire offense, then I don't know what you're going to do. So it, 10 times out of 10 times, I'd take Baker Mayfield over Jimmy Garoppolo. Me too. Like Garoppolo, like, and he's making big money. Like he's yeah. one of those quarterbacks. Like that's, that's not really? making, oh yeah. He's making 28, $30 million a year. No, and that's probably part of Baker's argument too. You know, if they're going to pay guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, if they're going to pay guys like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. His money too. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Fifth highest QB rating of all time. Absolute joke. Isn't it? It's a bad stat. It's <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Uh, boys, uh, playoffs are a week and a half away. I guess the season ends this week. Uh, Super Bowl champions, give me uh, each of yours and how come. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, you put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> you must know the answer, Dan. <laughs> I'll let Dan go. That's how not confident I am. Right at this. Not moment. confident. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Buffalo Bills. Um, that's Ooh, I mean that's, that's a obviously meatball. not a sexy pick, but I'll I'll spice up a little bit. I think I think if you actually reverse the the uh, results of one win games this season, the Buffalo Bills would be 15 and one. So they don't get blown out. Um, they obviously have a lot of wins. Uh, their record right now is is 10 and six. But uh, I think that you look at the game last year against Kansas City in the playoffs. Uh, obviously a tough weather game. Uh, I think that was Josh Allen's kind of first taste of like, okay, this is what the NFL is like. This is what playoff football is like. I think they come to this year, obviously, on a very hot start. Uh, unfortunately, you know, kind of hit a rough patch in the middle of the season there. But um, that team is is kind of built to play in the playoffs. Their staff there with Sean McDermott uh, has been there for the past four or five years. Leslie Frazier used to coach the Vikings. Phenomenal defensive coordinator for them. They've been getting the same players to sign cheap deals from Frazier who have been there for four or five years. They're hearing the same message. The culture there has been great uh, since they lost that idiot Rex Ryan, you know, probably like 2015, 2016. Now, um, Josh Allen's a guy who, who I, you know, I thought Darnold, I thought Baker Mayfield, I thought Lamar Jackson would be much better than this guy. He's turning out to be probably the best quarterback from that draft. All the same uh, draft, seems to get yeah. better every year with, you know, seemingly suspect skill position players uh, and then seemingly suspect running backs as well. But, um, I think that team, especially they can play in the cold. They can play anywhere. They can go and beat New England. They can go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. Uh, I just think another year of Josh Allen, probably after last year getting his feet wet, uh, I think they're probably primed to, to kind of take on the best of the best in the AFC. And then I just think in general the AFC is, is better than the NFC. So whoever comes out of the AFC this year is probably my pick to win it all anyway. Jesus. That's a big breakdown for the 1421st podcast. Wow. I got so, in depth. That was good, though. I'm I like so that. excited for the AFC playoffs this year. There um, is so many good teams. They're like, like Buffalo, obviously Kansas City. 
You got New England, who who is going to be the dark horse, but no one's going to want to play them. I love Joe Burrows. He could be my oh, new yeah. favorite guy. That guy is a winner, and he's a stud, and he's a leader. Um, so good. It, it, he might be that, that might be like Buffalo last year, like you're saying, like just uh, they've been terrible for so long. And then Burroughs coming back this year from that, uh, that ACL injury he had last year. I would love the Bengals to win a game or two. Um, I think it's going to be KC in the end, though, again, because those guys want like Pat Mahomes, that sure he didn't start out good. Sure, they lost to, to the Bengals on the weekend. But Pat Mahomes knows how to win, and that guy can quarterback my team anytime. Aaron, who do you got? All right, after all that thinking, I'm just going to go back to who I thought. I, I think Green Bay does take it this year. Um, I just think they're oh. too damn good. Too damn good on both sides of the ball. So, um, oh, sorry about that. Um, I love yeah, that song. I, <laughs> I think uh, – yeah, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers is poised to win one like more than ever. Um, and I don't think t- like Tampa Bay is the real threat. I thought to them last year, I don't see the Rams taking the Packers out at any point. So I just think that I think the Packers have a clear shot to get to the Super Bowl. And if they get there, I'm just going to say they, they they win it. And um, yeah, it, it's probably going to be a hell of a game, depending on who goes from the from the AFC. Like like you guys touched on the AFC is deeper. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's that's I just think the Packers are are in well home field advantage and everything else considered they're they're well positioned to to take it this year. Does Dallas win their first playoff game in 25 years? I think they do. I think they're terrible. They get to play the NFC. They're terrible. NFC East schedule. That's it. They've they've lost to every AFC team they played. And they just got beat by Arizona. Like they, I don't think they have a, a win against a team with a winning record. Yeah, so they're the they're the four seed now, and, and Arizona's a fifth seed. So I assume they would just play each other first round, right? Yeah, then maybe Philly might. Well, I guess Philly can't beat them for. Uh, no, would Dallas be a third seed because they're a division champ? Not a division champ, a comp. No. Yeah, one. Yeah, Green yeah. Bay is one. LA is two. Tampa Bay is three. Oh, three. Oh, okay. And then Dallas is four. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, yeah, if, Dallas can't be better. If Arizona and Dallas are playing again. I'm taking Arizona, no matter All what. All day. I trust Kyler Murray over deck, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. What do you? Hey, fellas, what do you think of Tennessee? <laughs> Team that's eleven and five. Ryan Tannehill, Adam Gase reject. Uh, they had a weird year. They lost to the Texans and my Jets somehow, some way. Uh, but, but still sit in the driver's seat for the number one seed in, in the AFC. And might, get, and, no, and might get Derrick Henry back. And might get Derrick Henry back. Basically. If Henry's back, they got a shot. If not, no shot. I still don't think their defense will hold up well enough against anybody. I agree with that. And especially, well, you know, if they're number one seed, I guess they don't have to play in cold weather. But, you know, that would lend itself to the running game. Tannehill could be the most disrespected quarterback with a 15-year career, right? Like, because no one wants him. But all he does is, I guess, give you B-plus play. He's like right. a he's like a Wrangler, not like a YJ. Jeez, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> or the Chief Cherokee or whatever that is. I don't is. even know what the difference is. Patriot. The the, 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 yeah. Those ugly uh, Jeep trucks they got on the road. Yeah. <laughs> the base model of that. But, yeah, no, Tannehill's a game manager, and he's obviously a, a really, really good game manager because Tennessee yeah. 
does win. I think Vrabel's a hell of a coach. 100%. I do too. Yeah, like he, he can coach him up. They they run the ball no matter what. I yeah. can I could be behind their offensive line and probably get three yards of carry. <laughs> Whether it's Henry or some or some other guy off the street, it's it's absolutely it's I mean, it, you know, them getting that fir- that first week by is obviously key. I mean, if Henry comes back, I mean, like you guys said, look out. Um, and then you play two games in Nashville, you win those two, and then you're in the Super Bowl. Who knows? Yeah. Quick question. Uh Big Ben gonna see his last game this week. Um, is he a Hall of Famer, Dave? I know your answer to this. Uh, Aaron, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge Big Ben guy, so I think he's uh, easily a Hall of Famer. If and especially if Eli Manning is considered to be a Hall of Famer, like there's no way in hell that Big Ben shouldn't be. So is is Eli a Hall of Famer though? I guess that's a different question. I, I'm gonna go. Eli, I say he is. is. I mean, 18 he, years. Eli's, a, Eli's in the Hall of Pretty Good. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I I agree with that. He's, he had two good playoff runs. Yeah, he has uh, two more Super Bowl MVPs than Big Ben. Yep, that's that's a good point. But but look at those defenses as well. So you can make a point. I, I you know I, I understand. They stopped it, the undefeated Patriots. Look, what they held them to like seventeen points. Yeah, that was the David Tyree catch, the helmet catch game. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so so when, I, when I think of Big Ben, yeah. and Aaron and I grew up in Pennsylvania, so we yeah. uh, got a pretty close eye to Big Ben for for basically our entire football lives. Uh, I don't know if there are many guys who I would take over him uh, to come back and win a game for me in the fourth quarter. I think he's like third in uh, in like uh, fourth quarter comebacks, uh, fifth in yards, eighth in touchdowns, uh, youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Um, I just think he is or was, I guess, in his prime. So unbelievably tough to bring down. I mean, ha- half of his highlight plays are off schedule. Yeah. Um, so when it comes down to, to winning a game in the playoffs in the fourth quarter and what have you, clutch situation, um, there's not a guy who I, I'd probably want more. And then he has the stats to back it up. I think just from a longevity standpoint, he's got all the stats. He's got the rings. Um, I think nowadays in such a pass-happy league, you'd probably look at stats in general. And maybe in the next few years, we'll probably see guys like a Matt Stafford be up for, for a debate for a Hall of Fame. But just a guy who who really even before like the passing took off in the NFL had the stats and has always just been a clutch guy. I think you probably have to put him in the Hall of Fame. If if it's uh, I I agree. If it wasn't that there was a nefarious little situation he got himself into, I can't remember what year it was two thousand nine or that doesn't matter. Um, we'll talk about it next segment a little bit. But Jesus, there got there's got to be some uh, morality clause in there to become a Hall of Famer. We'll compare yeah. it to different sports and everything else, but uh, Dave will agree with me 100%. Like, I would put him in the Hall of Fame personally because what Roethlisberger's done, we shouldn't have a ranking of what your crime was or your what you did was what you're wrong you did, but uh, I'd put him in personally. Dave? I, I think he's going to go in. I And I don't like, I don't like, I'm, I've always been a Steeler hater. So obviously he has a lot to impress me. If he's either really good or he's not. No, which I understand, but like he won those first two Super Bowls in his first four years as a game manager. He never won an MVP. He was never in contention for a, for a AFC MVP or a, or an NFL offensive MVP. Never one of those. If you put Ben Roethlisberger in the Hall of Fame, you pretty much have to put Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Same draft year. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I guess out of those three guys, Eli Rivers and, and Roethlisberger, I'd pro- Rivers probably be my number three. 
I agree. Yeah. I don't like him either. But he threw for a shit ton of yards. Couldn't trust him in the fourth quarter, which Big Ben you could. Or and, the and, playoffs, uh, or the playoffs yeah. for that matter. No, yeah, but you know that now that's and... that's your team and coaching, right? Philip Rivers, it's not his fault he had to play for uh, San Diego all those well, years, not, right? It's not Roethlisberger's fault that he won. Oh no, it actually is his fault he won. Like, well, it, you, you yeah, can't, like if you if you if you don't if you don't fucking win a Super Bowl, I don't think you get in the in the Hall of Fame as a quarterback. No, but when he was young, though, too, those those Pittsburgh offenses, he had all those weapons. He had uh, Jerome Bettis. He had um, uh, Heinz Ward. He had Plaxico Burris. Who's the so guy shot that shot himself? himself? Yeah. 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 Antonio, Antonio Holmes. Yeah. And he had Palomalu and Harrison on defense. He had yeah. some he had a great surrounding cast. Philip Rivers never had that. And 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 Eli to this that hasn't had the same success during the regular season two super bowls two super bowl mvps and that carries a lot of friggin weight um okay well let's do this then if, if you take out the playoffs who's better manning or rivers that just take the like the playoffs never happen who's a better quarterback i'd take rivers, rivers all day yeah so Probably Rivers, yeah. No, right. I, I get it, but that's why we argue, right? So, so you win, so you win five more games in your career, or six more games, whatever. When he won the Super Bowls, that's the difference, right? The big yeah. game, the big well, games. Yeah, rings yeah, are cool maybe. though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Prospects Eli's are cool. Rings are cooler. Yeah. Rings are cooler. Eli's got the undefeated, undefeated team. Uh, both, both wins against Brady. I think that probably elevates him a little more. It's not like he's beaten. Cam Newton, the Panthers, or something like that. It was kind of a one-hit wonder, but yeah. Is Cam Newton still playing? They brought him back, didn't they? Oh no, yeah, he's gone. Well, he yes, he is, but they're he's done. Him and my him, and my guy Sam Darnold are uh, throwing ducks in the Panthers. They're both down there in the Panthers <laughs> doing nothing. Jesus, Israel's company. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, fourteen twenty sports podcast teamed up the brutally honest sports podcast night. Talk a little football. We'll get back to you real soon here, folks. 1420 Sports Podcast teamed up tonight with the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Boys, uh, this past week, we've already seen it a thousand times now. The uh, the stupid Antonio Brown, we won't talk about that a whole bunch because everybody's talked about it a thousand times on a million podcasts around the world. But um, th- this guy had a lot of chances throughout the last three, four years to, to try to get his shit together. It just seemed to be getting more crazy and crazy and everything else. Do you think that the NFL, notwithstanding, because they seem to be the uh, the poster boys for uh, for for bad dudes, I guess. But do you think the NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, hockey, everything else, uh, basketball has their own set of problems as well? Do you think the league has to step in and say, okay, that's enough? Like we, you guys make a ton of dough. Like enough's enough with your antics on, on off the field. We will replace you with somebody else. You're really not that important because if we put a jersey on somebody else, we will sell just as many jerseys and I was just made ass in the seats. Do you think it's time the league said that's it? You're you're starting to toe a line there because now obviously there's a players union for good reason. And when a player signs a contract, there's already a lot of things they can't do. They can't go snowboarding, they can't go dirt bike riding, they can't do uh parachuting and, and that. Obviously, that's not part of the morality clause. But no, no, where do you where do you draw the, where do you draw the line? Like breaking the law or making a fool of the franchise? And who gets to decide what foolish behavior is? Aaron, what do you think? I think um, like when it comes down to like 
Okay, I, I don't want to – like, Antonio Brown's like the most glaring example of this, but a guy that just, for whatever any reason, becomes like a locker room cancer for negative reasons. Like, if he's, uh, you know, just dragging the team down or he, he's an egotistical maniac and, and, like, he only cares about himself and not trying to, you know, do the better for the team, like, I, I would have his ass out of there. I don't care who it is, like, Antonio Brown-level player. Like, you just can't have that. Um, so, like, the the NFL – like. Obviously, the NFL doesn't want to see a guy rip his jersey off and run across the field and like make a mockery of of what happened on on the Jets and Bucks game. Like, so the, at, at some point, like these guys, I mean, I I don't think like if I'm running the NFL, I don't think I'd let Antonio Brown sign with a team for a full season for just for that. Like that's that's childish. Like you act like a ten year old, you should be punished, in my opinion. I I think the issue in in sports is that uh, where our priorities lie. Um, I think as long as you're talented and as long as you can put the ball in the basket, put the puck in the back of the net and throw touchdown passes, you're going to get a job no matter what you, who you are, what you, to a certain extent, obviously like Antonio Brown running off the field. If that was his only issue, I think he obviously would have another job by now. He's a bad example since he's had 90 million other, you know, poor, poor issues off the field. But um, if an owner or if a quarterback or a coach, sees a guy like Tom Brady saw a guy like Antonio Brown said, Hey, that guy can help me on the field and help me win a Super Bowl." And he did last year. Uh, I, I just think they see dollar signs and, and the NFL as, as much as they probably would publicly condemn these guys. Everyone's been talking about Antonio Brown and the league since Sunday, you know, LeBron James could have scored 75 points Sunday night. And still be talking about Antonio Brown because he's that polarizing and it's that polarizing of a situation. So That's as long as you're getting good tri- What's that? I had a girl. I had a girl I work with. She doesn't know anything about nothing with sports. And she, did you see that Antonio Brown guy? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, and we're going to talk about it again tonight. So yeah, it's it's absolutely insane that these guys can get away with it. And God, you you hate to say it, but there's certain rules for certain people. If you're if you're really good or kind of good, there's different rules. If you're a a, a four string guy or a bench player or a, you're the 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 the, the wife of guy in the bullpen. There's different rules. And did, can there possibly, it's, I mean, that's society in general, but can, can there possibly be a way that the league can say, okay, like if you do this, you don't play. Is there, I know you're talking, you're getting into lawyers speaking and everything else, but there's got to be something because these guys seem to be, because they know what they can get away with. And you saw that, at, that, that guy in, I mean, drinking and driving is a thing that happens between a, a, a construction guy to a pro athlete to a, a multi-billionaire but that guy who killed the, the woman in Vegas, that should be an automatic, you, you don't play here anymore. Like, that's it. You're not getting a second chance. Who was that that lineman in uh, in Dallas? He, he uh, voted. Oh, Craig Hardy. He, Craig he, Hardy. Was, he was in a, a DUI that, that killed somebody. Like, oh, no, I, I thought you were talking about the domestic abuse, Greg Hardy. Oh, we'll came. get to that. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when, like when okay, if, this, if this is a set rule, you don't play. Deshaun Watson. He got paid this year, but he didn't play. And but now, like we're talking in the gray area, did he break it? We don't even know if he broke any laws. He was clearly he likes massages. He likes massages, <laughs> and 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 some and Lost. twenty and forty women said it was consensual, and forty women says it it was uh, non consensual. Like so, like he, did he break any laws? I don't know, but he was definitely doing something untowards. But he's going to have a job. We just talked about it. Like uh, Pittsburgh might be a landing spot for him. And they would gladly have him. 
well, they just let go of a rapist. So why wouldn't they have just a serial? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> why wouldn't they just have a serial happy ending seeker take over from him? Like, I don't, I don't know where that line goes. Cause as an owner, you know what? Deshaun Watson can, can sling it. He is a winner. He knows how to play that position better than a lot of guys. So that gets to the point where obviously the, the almighty dollar for every sport, and that's why these owners have have these teams is to make more money. They're already rich beyond belief. And why not make some more, I guess. But even you got to think that innocent until proven guilty, I get it. But these owners have wives and daughters and things. Wouldn't they be saying like, hey, what are you doing? It I, I think, the, the, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I know. I think these guys, especially these billionaire owners, have gotten to where they are by not following the rules or really caring about anything besides their bottom line. And I think these leagues are, are hypocritical as well because you look at a guy like Josh Gordon, uh, who's been in and out of leagues since 2013 because of weed, essentially. You know, if you look yeah. at that versus uh, uh, Deshaun Watson offense or Ben Roethlisberger offense or Henry Ruggs, like. Which one would you think would be, you know, warrant the, first, the, the most punishment? Obviously not the guy who smokes weed. So uh, I think they have certain rules and certain expectations in place for some things, but then turn a blind eye to other things like, you know, you talk about the whole Ray Rice thing before the video came out. Like he had, a two game, he had a two game suspension and then all of a sudden the video comes out and everyone freaks out and rightly so. Obviously he was suspended because obviously domestic violence is not okay and he got what was coming to him, but like, Someone at the league office had to have seen that video before it went live to the public, you know? So I, I just think they have different expectations and value different things. And to me, it just seems seems backwards. And these owners just have, like you said, guys, just different priorities in place for whatever reason. Joe Mixon did the same thing in college at the pizza joint, and that was on video. And then he got okay. drafted, and now he's a difference maker for the Bengals. James Winston's another one. Winston. Yeah. Um and who's, that guy, who's that guy who, who dropped down the draft about four years ago? He put the the uh, the gas Larry mask Tunsil. on. Larry yeah, <laughs> he lost a lot of dough because going from second or third overall, he was going to get went to down, down to sixteen or seventeen. Who who did he piss off in college that he had that that picture was circulating that I'm going to ruin this guy, not ruin his life, but I'm going to make sure some disgruntled ex girlfriend or something guaranteed like send right now. Like, holy, unbelievable agent that night. Oh, man. Like how bad the agent was. Yeah. The agent agent lost millions of dollars. Like you idiot. Just screaming there. Like (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Horrible Um, timing. Horrible timing for that. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Like you think Uh, about the the suspension Ray Rice was going to get, which was a, a two gamer. And then you go to something that's uh, you go to baseball where if a guy does steroids just to it's against the rules, I get it, but just to improve his stat line, he gets 80 games right off the bat. So is the NFL like that out of touch with reality about what goes on compared compared to like say baseball? I think so because ba- uh, football itself is the most alpha sport run by alpha men. The teams are owned by the ultimate alphas business alphas jerry jones think about that dallas cowboy team that jerry uh jimmy johnson ran they had the white house they were all wearing manx and snorting coke and they had a house for the hookers and blow like that's fact that's what they did and you don't think jerry jones 
had buses going around picking his boys up, picking up honeys for those guys? For sure he did. Jerry Jones is that guy. Um, they forced, uh, what's his name, Jerry Richardson to sell the Carolina Panthers because he liked uh, tapping secretaries on the ass. Like, it's it's a different world, but th- these guys are big boys that play by their own rules and ain't no one telling them what they can and can't do. What happened with, uh, who was the, who's the owner of the... Uh... New England Patriots out of the, the orchids of Asia down in Florida, that strip mall. Oh, Bobby Kraft. Yeah, Bobby Kraft. He got caught in that strip mall. There was a lot of nefarious things going on down there. He didn't really get in trouble. But then if a player the does wrist. that, a player does that, then it's like, hey, dude, you they, they get in big shit. Like Deshaun Watson, who likes a lot of massages. I, I just I just find it that it's so strange that there's a that these guys get a free pass just because they're athletes. I mean, the actors get it rich people get it i guess but how you're supposed to be and you go back to the, this is 100 years ago now you go to Char- charles barkley saying i'm not a role model um is this just case in point these guys aren't role models they're entertainers and that's it i think the nfl is so is extremely still concerned about their image though like so it's when you say it's a case by case basis it is 100% but then they contradict themselves when they want those star players out on the field. So people watch the games. And so they create more revenue. You know what I mean? It, it comes down to the bottom line, just like anything else. Why did they have Deshaun Watson sit out this whole year? Are they just waiting for the courts to settle? Uh, and that's it. And we're going to suck this year. Anyways, we're yeah. terrible. Basically. And it, I mean, if you wanted to actually play there, I think they would have found a way to get him on the field. It, it just so happened he wanted it, he wanted out of there, and the whole legal situation kind of came into a head at the same time that he requested a trade. So, uh, I mean, if if they could have found a trade partner, I think they were asking for like three first round picks, a couple mid round picks, and a couple players. If let's say the Miami Dolphins trade two, a couple picks, and you know a few other players, if they found a dance partner, I think they would have traded him. They probably would have played for that team. But uh, I, I think just yeah, they, they suck this year. They want to tank get that draft pick. And then he requested a trade anyway. So he might as well keep him out for a year and, and make sure he's healthy. And they actually can trade him. That franchise is a dumpster fire too, right now. It's too bad. I I, I kind of wanted to cheer for him when they came into the league, but they've just gotten shittier and shittier and more disorganized every single year. Like it's another mess. thing with Watson is if, if they did play him and he gets injured, there's a, there's a, an asset you don't have anymore for a trade partner when this legal stuff goes away because you you guys know that it's, it's going to go away. Money will take care of this whole thing. There's no well, way that guy's spending one second in jail, in my opinion. Well, I don't I think feel, he could. Well, go ahead. I, was, I fully expect him to be on the field week one, whether it's for the Texans, Miami, Pittsburgh, who, whoever's going to trade for him. Like like you said, it, it's, it's a lot of he said, she said right now. I don't know if anything's been proved. I'm not following the case too closely. The cases, I should say, but I fully expect to be on the field week one, no matter what. It's not just a case. There's multiple cases there. Well, and we talked Jesus. about that when it came to like, how many massages have either of you guys received in your life? And by 80 different people. That's a lot. Must be nice to be a quarterback. You know I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, like we, we live in a town of a hundred, a city of a hundred thousand, 110,000. I don't know if there's, 10 massage parlors, including nefarious ones. Like what sizes cities do you guys live in? Well, Dango. Yeah. Not much bigger than that. 150, maybe nothing. And how many massage parlors are there? 20. I know. I know of like three. Yeah. 
Good like three, yeah. three good ones or three bad ones? Oh, three just... really good ones. Ask for Gina. Walks in, you know, if Deshaun yeah. Watson walks in, I'm sure it'll be a really good one. I just want, I got, I got another name I want to talk about the morality clause here. Quick seconds from the NHL. Evander Kane, which is not, he's a hell of a hockey player. Yeah. Clearly not a good guy or a smart guy. He, he, he can't get his life together, but he doesn't get suspended until he fakes a COVID card, right? Like, so that's the thing that gets you punted off the team because a team, if they have to play, not pay you, they're going to play you. And, and so when the league has clauses in the collective bargaining agreement, which clearly they did for this COVID stuff, but gambling a- 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 accusations, um, um, wife beating accusations, and his wife just, beat beat him. Well, whatever. Like it's they're they're allegations, and I get they're not proven in court. But until there's actually something in black and white on on the contract saying we can suspend you for this, they're not going to be able to suspend you. What about someone like? Gronk? But he's only. But the thing is, he the thing with Evander Kane, he's only actually hurting himself. Like he hasn't actually hurt anybody else but himself. But his teammates hate him, and he's in gambling problem, and he has gambling Once issues. Once again, that's just he owns millions of dollars. His teammates, that just hurts himself. Like with like that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I was getting back to this original question: Could the league have just a set of rules? Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. If you do it, you're out. Could a league do that? Hundred percent. I think like at a certain point, especially like I, I point to the NFL. I mean, you got you guys know hockey you know, a million times over what I would, what I'll even pretend to know, but like at some point, yes, I think, like I said, I, I think it's a whole image thing. Like they don't, they don't want to be labeled as the national felon league. And like, if, if it becomes, you know, everybody's misbehaving, like they have to set in place rules and, and, and like, you know, it's a privilege to play in the NFL. Like at the end of the day, these guys are like world's class athletes, but you know, it's a job, it's a privileged job and there's only so many, spots and and like you said like if, if somebody you know gets in trouble they'll find someone else to, to slap a jersey on and, and tell them to run out of the tunnel on, on Sunday and, and they can get it done for the team as well so Dan I've said this before a thousand times other than every starting quarterback and not everyone should be included in that in, the, in this what I'm saying is that like Aaron just said it don't matter who's the 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 offensive lineman for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week nobody gives a shit Nobody cares. So these guys who create these problems themselves, see ya. Like, just go. Like, we should pick on basketball a little bit too, but basketball, these guys make so much money, they can get at it. Like, the 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 bench guy makes 15 million bucks a year who only plays nine minutes a night. These guys make so much money. They, do they even care? Like, one season, these guys are good for life. Yeah, whereas, no. Whereas, it, whereas, it, whereas, a, whereas a lineman, they, they could be in, in and out of the league in three years and see like because some guy at a college is going to take his job. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, it's basketball. It's guaranteed money too. with the NFL. It's, you know, they have injuries and, and all the contingencies and things like that. Yeah. I think, I think it just comes down to, you know, priorities. I think leagues probably have the power to put morality clauses and, and, and hold players to these certain things. But I think the owners deep down know that, you know, the guys that are in this league aren't going to follow these clauses and therefore are going to be off the field or off the court or whatever the playing field is ultimately hurt their chances to win. So 
I think, I think it just goes back to, you know, the, the bottom line of, of where the Predators are at and, and, where, and who's bringing in the money. It's a guy like Antonio Brown is, is bringing popularity for the league, not, you know, the Bucks left tackle or the Bucks right guard, you know. Nobody knows them. To your point, everyone knows who Antonio Brown is. Everyone's talking about the NFL because of what Antonio Brown did on Sunday. So it's just these athletes, especially the ones that are quarterbacks, wide receivers, you know, they play the big money positions in sports. They are held on such a pedestal. It's almost like, you know, kings and, and queens just because of the position that they play. It's just they, they get to, unfortunately, play by and abide by a different set of rules than everyone else does. How much more money goes into – I honestly don't know this. I'm not even trying to be uh, facetious here or anything. How much more money actually goes into the Super Bowl team's pocket? Like Bobby Kraft won six Super Bowls or five, whatever he's got, with the New England Patriots, with Brady. How much cash – goes into the pockets of like do you think like t-shirt sales la da 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 like how much more money does a team get for winning a championship is it is it that big of a thing where you would sell your soul to the devil is it that much more money like i don't know like these guys print money right they print money the nfl does they like their their tv contracts far up must exceed anything else like who was the owner uh sterling with the with the clippers a few years a few years ago he got told to sell his team just for yep. being an asshole so wouldn't that that lost him more money than than winning an NBA championship would? Would it have not? Well, he sold it for seven hundred and fifty million, and he bought it for thirty five million forty years well, ago. So I the, think he the Yankees okay. were sold for ten million as well to, by, by CBS. But that's neither. That's not the question, Dave. Like like how much like how much they do they make for winning a championship? I don't. This I don't actually know. Any idea? I I think it's minimal. Like like minimal like maybe one percent bump over what they would be raking in like aside from their home gates if they own the if they own the stadium obviously a home gate is a lot of money so that's a couple million there 20 30 million i'm i'm just guessing i have no idea play up playoffs you can make a little bit more dough you probably see the uptick in the the merch obviously sponsorship's going to be there obviously you're going to sell out season tickets in, in three seconds for probably the next few years but to Dave's point, it's not like they're getting a cash payout like they're a college football team who, who gets to the bowl game. Yeah. Were those not the worst college football games on New Year's Eve? So bad. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was disappointing. Oh, it was man. so disappointing. But we, I, we, I had high hopes that Michigan was going to put up at least a fight. Oh. No, I didn't watch a second and a half time of that game. I noticed you had uh, Michigan helmet in your first background there, Dan. I, yeah, was that on purpose? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, the playoff is interesting because I, I too had high hopes for Michigan. Obviously, they were. I think they were probably affected most by that long layoff. I think they were obviously riding pretty high after taking down Ohio State. But it, it, it's just the SEC, man. Like they're they're an absolute wagon. Just all those teams are, and and I think you know maybe if I, I was and Aaron and I talked about this on our podcast a few weeks ago. I kind of wanted to see. Georgia and Alabama in the semifinal and then, then Cincinnati and Michigan because like, I thought Michigan was better or or at least at par with those other two teams. But I just think we have the best two teams in the playoff coming up on Monday. And that's all we can really hope for. As much as I, I hate all the SEC bias and all that BS that gets thrown around with SEC schools, they truly are the best teams in the country. And you know, are they that teams, much better or are the other teams just that much worse? A little bit of both, probably. I think like the top two, three SEC teams are incredibly like they they're basically NFL ready players. And then like 
some of the Big Ten, you could you could make the argument can compete with the rest of the field of the SEC, but like the Alabamas, the the Clemson, and and like the Georgia, when those teams are hot, like I mean, no one's beating them, like other than themselves. Like I agree that the, the strength of schedule, the conference schedule is is so hard, and you know, and then they become battle hardened and battle tested, right? Um, it's and once it comes to those big games. You know, Alabama lost to AM. They almost lost to Auburn. And then they were, but they were ready at the end of the day. Uh, the, the best team can have an off game. But when they're all geared toward and everybody's on the same page, that's that's a machine. And they they proved it to Georgia in the in the SEC championship. It's just the, the quality of talent, too. Like if I'm a kid playing high school football, I'm not saying, oh, I, I want to go to Cincinnati when I grow up. You know, I want to <laughs> yeah. go to an SEC school, you know, and it's, it's unfair. Like the kid, uh, Jamison Williams transfers from Ohio state because he didn't get much playing time and goes to a wagon in Alabama and all of a sudden he's going to go like top 15 in the draft. So Saban can wake up, take a piss in a toilet, wake up and see his text messages. And he has, you know, three more five-star recruits who are coming to Alabama without even lifting a finger. Um, I, I just think it, it's been such a factory and it's, it has been since like, the USC, the Texas days of when like Vince Young and Matt Weiner, and there was like that shift in college football where it's literally Vincent Saban's been back at, at Alabama, where it's been such a shift and a bias towards the SEC. I don't know how they change it. You know, obviously the, the Big Tens, I think, getting a little better. Ryan Day's been good. Clemson had Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. So um, there has been a little bit of parity, but, you know, it's it's basically been all SEC. Me, me and Dave talked about this the other day, actually, that uh... – it's it's almost unfair. Like the SEC, they or Alabama wins a championship, they get the first three draft picks. You know, they they, they like if if you finish in last place in baseball, hockey, uh, football, hockey, uh, like in the, the professional ranks, you you finish in last place, and then you get the best player coming out of, out of the draft. The SEC, they get the best players and they win. So I don't know how you change that. Like I don't Since- know if there's a possible way to change that. Since Nick Saban has been there, if you, if you, not that everybody does, very few do. If you play, if you're on the football team for four years, you got one, probably two national championships since he's been there. Like if you're, if you're going to commit, you're going to get a national, I'll, I'll pretty much guarantee you a national championship. And that's, and a good that, chance to, to get drafted in the first round and play in the NFL. And all you have to do is sign here. Yeah. He is the easiest sales pitch in the history of, sales history of the world he Wanna shows win? him championship rings and he shows him how many first round picks he had mm-hmm. that's all he has to do it's it's like they got the ball rolling there and and like every year it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and like until he leaves i don't see them ever like falling on their face like it just it can't happen so an alabama question what do we what do we think of uh Tua, jalen hurts and, and mac jones we think that Obviously, historically, they have like, uh, you know, the the stereotypical white kids from the South who aren't very good. They obviously have Derrick Henry and yeah. good wide receivers, but it seems like they're getting more and more, I guess. They're getting, they're getting some athletic coming. quarterbacks now. Yeah, it's it's almost like Saban himself has changed his recruiting a little bit to go after like big name quarterbacks and they kind of have the rest of his team fall in line. It's it's kind of weird from the past, I guess, five or six years. I they, wonder- see, they see the guy that could pass the ball. Just a little bit, be effective. Don't win the game, just don't lose it for us. That's all they needed to have before. And now they get some athletic quarterbacks that are doing the job for them as well, so they're even more deadly. It's it's unbelievable. Well, and then too, it it allows you to <laughs> it allows you to recruit better wide receivers. Not that they weren't coming there 
already, oh. but you know, some, some astute guys might want to go to a, a better uh, West coast pass friendly pass heavy offense. And now that they have someone that can actually sling it a little bit, um, a la Joe Burrows, like yeah. uh, if you have the talent, it's going to make the receiver look good. It's going to make the receiver showcase. It's, it's just opens up. It's just an embarrassment of riches when you can add that to an already dominant thing, because I would imagine Rick, Nick Saban, if he wanted to, could do like the three yards in a cloud of dust. There's nothing you can do. I got the best offensive lineman in the league and I got four guys that can run like the wind. We're just going to run the ball down your throats all game. It's going to be boring, but we're going to win every single game. Yeah. And the thing that amazes me year after year, we'll get back to the morality club. They never get in trouble. Saber runs a tight shifter or else they just keep it quiet. Like who knows? <laughs> like what goes on down there? It's probably more, more so the latter that they just keep it quiet because all the, they got all the boosters down there. Just, hey, just, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. And keep going on. So that's a, quite possible. Anyways, boys, good chat there. Uh, 1420 Sports Podcast along with the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. A lot of football talk tonight. Playoffs are coming up and the National Championship game coming up on Monday. I think it was Monday night. The uh, Edmonton Oilers are on a big slide. I know you guys aren't big hockey guys like me or that I am. Dave pretends to be and he pretends not to be an Oilers fan, but I know he is on the side. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers were down. They're playing the New York Islanders. Miko Koskinen, their goaltender, gave a puck away, gave up two bad goals. Before you know it, it was 2 nothing. Dave Tippett, after the game, the, the Oilers coach, he come out and he basically said, well, would have been nice if our goaltender would have made a save. Um, Koskinen came back and said, you know, I've done what I can do. Our, our team's only scored six or seven, six goals in our last seven starts or whatever it's been. Um, Aaron, once a coach and a player get in a battle on the air with the media, is it is it good for either side? Is either t- either side going to win that argument? And it, no. and can and can it turn out well for anybody? I I mean I don't think so. Like you got to handle that you know behind closed doors. Like you don't want any of that to those those conflicts of interest. Like if a player thinks he's not in the wrong and the coach thinks he's in, like whatever the situation might be. Like you gotta you gotta hash that out between the individuals. Like you can't go to the newspapers and the and the media to to blast each other. Like so at the end of the day, like you're on the same side and then you're, you're basically, tur- you know, putting fire on top of gasoline. So that, that's, that's, that's bad. I didn't hear about that, but that's, that's not good for either party. Co- correct. Coach was a hundred percent. Right. Like this, the Oilers, <laughs> like, I, I think he, the, the, I don't know the stat. They sit it on sports radio today. He's let in the first shot in of the game four times. Four times this year, the first shot of the game has come in. As, 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 an, got, as an, a guy who used to stop rubber once in a while, when you let that first one in, oh, man, there's a lot of people turning their head at you like, what are we in for tonight? This isn't going to turn out well. So, so I was watching that game. It was against my Rangers. Uh, and then the goalie they were talking about is, is Strom, former Oiler. Uh, Koskin's playing the block behind the head. Yeah. He? Mm-hmm. Strom picks his pocket, throws it out front, and off in the air as a slam dunk. So – uh, I think, like you, like you said, Dave, he was a hundred percent right. Uh, but, but anytime when, when I think of a, a coach calling out a player, Aaron, Aaron knows the situation well. It was Vernon Davis for the 49ers, yeah. like what, 10, 15 years ago? Mike Singletary after the game. I think the coaches cannot play with him, cannot win with him, cannot, cannot win with him. I remember that. Yeah, coach yeah. Of the, can't do it. I, I think anytime, 
I don't know, like like Aaron said, I don't know why they keep it behind closed doors, but anytime there's a public feud within the media or, or social media, whatever the case may be, there is no way you can look that guy in the face in the building. Or, or I mean, if I was Vernon Davis, I would have went to that guy's office and, you know, flipped his desk and, and went on a whole tirade. But anytime there's tension like that in the media, I think it is over for sure. I love it. I love it. You know, sometimes you can be right. Sometimes you can be wrong. But if you're going to be wrong. Sometimes you can just be heard, right? Yeah. And then sometimes like your favorite guy, Torts, he did it all the time. Like that, that was, was there a more public spat than him and Patrick Line? No, Line is the one that came from uh, Winnipeg. And they, a Dupuis or uh, some kind of friendship. Nonetheless, just he. You give him one shift in the first period, he missed a defensive assignment and then staple his ass to the bench for the entire game. They're paying, he's one of their highest paid players. Why was he? Well, he doesn't know how to play defense, so I thought he could watch the game from here. Like he <laughs> does that shit. That's his style. Yeah. Hey, but but the thing is, is saying it is one thing, but trying to win with your franchise, whether it be hockey or baseball or football or whatever sport, you're most teams aren't built through the draft. They're they're built a little through the draft. And a lot through free agency. If you got a coach who's bad mouthing your the guys on that team, it's pretty tough to recruit a free agent. Say, hey, come play for me. I'm a pretty good guy. Everything, everything you do, you're a good. It's fine. It's all behind closed doors. You're never gonna sign a free agent talking like that to your fucking about your team. Never. Disagree. Either you're a winner, or you're not. Like you know, a lot of asshole coaches have won championship. Mike Dicka was an asshole. Daryl Sutter's an asshole. Tortorella's is an asshole. Belichick. Like Belichick's an asshole. But does Belichick ever? Does he? I, I, does, does he ever like in front? He because he just mumbles something to the media and then they laugh at what he mumbled. He never go, goes out and calls out a player in front of the in front of the media. Right. Does he? I, I can't. I, I can't. You, I feel like you kind of have to know who your player is. Like if if the guy can't take public criticism, like that's obviously the last thing you want to do. But maybe that'll motivate him to play better and not be, you know, put himself in a dumbass position to make that mistake. Well, if if he's a star player like Vernon Davis was, and that whole situation went down, and he needs a kick in the ass, like yeah, it's it's maybe warranted. But if you're talking about a guy who was playing his first career game or something like that, and you're already calling out the media, like Koskinen, if 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 they're scoring six goals in seven games, I think he said he can't put the puck in that himself. Like he's right, he can't. You know, I think it's. It's obviously a case-by-case situation, but, um, you know, to your point, Belichick, like, I think he demands a lot out of his players, but does he ever call them out of the media? Not that I'm aware of. I think I think he handles it professionally and obviously probably rips into a practice, which is the ones that are closed to the media or behind closed doors. But, you know, I think you probably see it. You probably saw this a lot more back when, like, you know, 10 years ago when Torts was, was obviously in his prime of coaching career. I don't think you see it much anymore now because of social media and things just get blown out and taken out of context. And athletes today are pretty fragile in general. I don't know if it, their egos can really handle it much anymore as, as opposed to the athletes of, of yesterday, but yeah, it is definitely a case by case basis. Bruce, such a, go ahead, David, say it's such a different time than it was 25, 30, 40, 40 years. Jeez, I'm getting old. But anyways, like back before there was sports center and it was the ESPN was on all the time and this was on and Twitter and, and Instagram and everything else where Ditka didn't have to worry about that. If he said something to a player behind closed doors, it was behind closed doors. And they did, he didn't have 45 microphones in his mouth like it is nowadays. Like every everything that these guys do 
can come back to haunt you, whether it's on or off the field. We're just talking on the field stuff. We just talked off the field stuff before. But I think you're towing a fine line by saying anything to these guys because now these guys make so much more money than the coaches do. And a lot of them are, could retire tomorrow and go, all right, I won't fucking play here. To this issue, Bruce Arians called out Tom Brady publicly last year after like games four or five. He goes, got to get him up to speed. Like that's blaming Tom Brady. And I wonder to that point, did he let Tom Brady know, I'm throwing you under the bus to kick, to light it, uh, light a fire. And if you're not untouchable, then no one's untouchable. And this will help us both get everybody in line. But I think you're, yeah, you're exactly right. To piggyback off of what Daniel said, I think like if it is like a rookie or like, like a Tom Brady, you can call him out and like, he's going to respond the way that you want him to. That's just like, he's an ultra, ultra competitive guy. Like that's all he cares about is winning. Like, but like, like Daniel said, these fragile guys, like if you call them out, like those, like there's basketball players I can think of like a, a Fultz on this, or like Ben Simmons is a perfect example. Like if you oh. called him out, like he would, he already jumped ship and, and he wouldn't even take a layup in the playoffs. So like, yeah, it's a case by case thing, but like a Tom Brady, somebody like that, they're, they're just going to say like, shut the hell up. I know what I'm doing and, and they'll get it done. Like, it's just yeah, the way it is. A lot of them, a lot of them care more about their personal brand than anything else. Like if you, if you caught out LeBron James in a game, he's get, he'll demand a trade tomorrow. Five, five minutes after the coach calls him out because he thinks that's damaging his personal brand. He thinks that's damaging his image within, you know, his fans, you know, general NBA fans, sports fans, you know, in general. I, I think the, the athlete today is, is just more empowered just because of, of how closely they're monitored by just like Austin society and, and, and sports fans in general. So, you know, they, they are getting told a million times over that they're the best thing since sliced bread. So as soon as someone takes them off that pedestal or at least tries to bring them down the earth, they freak out. And it's not every athlete. It's not every sport. It's, it's obviously, you know, it's, you see a lot more in the NBA and that drama and things like that. But as soon as those guys are, are at least attempted to take it down a notch, then it's, it's, you know, World War III out there for them. Is there a bigger me guy in the history of sports than LeBron James? Like he's won some championships. Like, yeah. But is there a bigger me guy? You go back to that. Uh, what was it called? We did the YMCA, the announcement, the decision, the decision. Yeah. Was there a bigger me moment and a bigger me guy than that? What a could that guy's a nozzle. I've never been a LeBron talented to no end, but Jesus. I mean, obviously nobody that, that uh, going to be in contact with LeBron James is going to be listening to this, but yeah. fuck LeBron James, man. Like just <laughs> enough. Like you're yeah. talented beyond belief, but you, but you don't have to let the world know all the time how great you are. You you might have like turned Daniel completely off on that one. I don't know. Right. I know Daniel likes LeBron <laughs> more than I do. I I absolutely hate LeBron more than probably anybody on the face of the earth. But uh, no, I there we go. Uh, yeah, no. Some of the shitty. I mean, the decision was an all time like I don't even know what to call like incredibly like out of touch move of all time. Like I. I'll, I'll I'll call it a spade a spade. Like like he can be an asshole. Is he one of the like? To me, he's probably the most, I guess, naturally gifted athlete I've ever oh, seen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's it just it's a marvel to to see him continue to do what he does at, at 37, 38. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's a fucking asshole. It, there's there's no way, there's no way around it. I I think LeBron James is actually the president of LeBron James fan club. Like Carl oh, Carey, remember. <laughs> there's no getting around that there's no getting around that like i like, like I, I i he's a hell of an athlete and he's he's a top three four five guy all time 
NBA, but my God, but he, but he, spots, man. But like he said earlier, like LeBron is the ultimate brand. He's about the LeBron brand. And that's the only way reason he's in LA right now. He doesn't really care or have any affinity for the Lakers as a franchise. It's Los Angeles. And he has to be in Los Angeles because that's now where he's going to build his post-career empire. Well, building and it has built. Like I couldn't imagine the act. I couldn't imagine that guy's fucking day. Like between working out and eating and massages and 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 this Sean Watson massage yeah, like, massage for no, some no, reason no, I don't no. know what's going on there. I like and I just popped it but like <laughs> oh, no, it was so, just yeah. a, just a daily just a daily maintenance massage. of LeBron the the machine the LeBron Incorporated <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't imagine what his day must look like if you go back twenty five years or whatever it was when the Jordan era was was at its peak. If we had the social media back then that we do now, would Jordan have been the same kind of guy? I don't I don't think for a second because he didn't he never talked about like political issues or, or any anything along those lines. He steered clear of that. So I think like he might post a picture of him, you know, dunking from the from the foul line, but I don't think he would ever be like the egotistical not the egotistical maniac. <laughs> That's not the right way to put it. You caught yourself for Daniel's like, could you can't say that, man? uh, i don't i just don't see him being the like i don't know how to explain it they're they're totally different people to me i I just think jordan is basketball 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 and everything else can like get out of the way and lebron is like let me be an actor let me be a basketball player let me be a social media you know everything so i want to do everything jordan did because jordan was the first to have the brand right air jordan is a brand and now LeBron wants to, he sees that and he, and he, he appreciates it and he wants that. And how can I build upon what Jordan did and, and was the pioneer of making yourself your own brand in, in, in basketball, in media, in, in movies and just your brand. It's, that's, that's so new, right? But you could also be a good guy and do that, that, that as well. Can you not? No, you can't. No, no. you got to be a dick. <laughs> got to be a dick. You got to be a dick. Like, show me, like, prove me wrong. Well, there's a guy who wore number two for the Yankees for a long time. I was, I was about to say that. Derek Jeter is oh. probably the best example of that. Yeah, but. At least. <laughs> I want to I hear this, but. What did he do wrong? Like, he gave, he gave gifts out to girls he took home. Good guy. It was autographed baseballs worth like 500 bucks a piece now. It's like that's a nice move, nice so gesture. He, so, so he treated someone that gave him the 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 graciousness of their company. Treated okay, like bad a example. Common streetwalker, get out of here, whore. I don't know if they <laughs> that's had a to, good guy. I don't know call, if they had to calling nice the ladies whores. I, I did. He, he never. That's a complete assumption. He called him. Over. Well, you just told him he gave him a five hundred dollar ball to have to suck his dick. So like, there was a gift bag. I, there was a <laughs> gift bag allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> There was a gift bag. I don't know if he forced him to take said gift bag. There was maybe a basket of bags at the front door if they wanted one. Keep on for a massage. Here you go. There you go. <laughs> the old massage. There you go. You know what? Jeter Here's is a good example, but but Jeter isn't. I know uh, he he likes himself a lot. Jeter's uh, yeah, a pretty big fan of himself. I think if you're like on that level, like if you're a historic great player, like who doesn't? Like I mean. I would probably be playing highlights of myself in my head all day long, every day too. But 
at the same time, like Jeter's damn near close to walking on water. And I, I can't, I'm not a Yankees fan by any stretch of the imagination, but oh, I don't, I I've never heard of that guy even like taking a wrong step. Like he, he has never for a second in the, in the public eye made a mistake. It seems like good parenting, good parenting is what that came down to. It has to be. I don't know. Like good kid from, uh, from Kalamazoo, Michigan. It has to be. Anyways, anyways, guys, it's getting late where you are. It's been a fun show. I really enjoyed this. We got to do it again sometime. Uh, tell us a little bit about your show and how you got started. How'd we get started, Aaron? Uh, I mean, Daniel actually probably inspired me because he he did a little show back in his in his college days, and I listened in. And you know, we were, we were close friends in high school, and I reached out and I said, you know, we should just do this ourselves, and uh, you know, let's just try and be consistent with it. So. Both both passionate sports fans, and, and we try and upload as, as much as we can. And, you know, I really enjoy it, and I'm very grateful you guys let us come on your show. And I, I think you guys are, uh, you know, spot on most of the time with what you're talking about. And it's I wouldn't go very, that very entertaining. <laughs> very entertaining show. Be That's one. better. We're entertaining. We're not spot on. We, we don't check facts. But anyways, thanks, <laughs> thanks for the uh, – well, I, I've listened to you guys since you guys are reached out last week. listened to you guys' show a few times. Very knowledgeable in your, in your, your football – uh, everything else, the ins and outs of the game that I don't have a clue about. There was times during the show tonight that you guys just, I let you guys talk. So I was just nodding a lot, but uh, you guys know a lot more the than I, thing we know I ever will. Don't, don't, uh, don't sell yourself short. You guys are very entertaining show. Uh, really enjoy it. What you guys are on Spotify. Where else? Go ahead, Dan. Spotify, Apple, and wherever else you get your pop. I mean, those are probably the main two, but I think yeah. we're on a couple other ones, mainly Spotify and Apple. Yeah, sometimes they just pop up. You don't really pop up. We're on side. I don't yeah. even know how they You're got on the there. dark web. I think it's, you know, wherever you can find the podcast. <laughs> no, it, uh, it was really fun tonight, guys. We should do this again sometime. Maybe when the football uh, playoffs are over, when baseball season, if that even gets going, we'll start talking about that a little bit. But uh, that's going to be tough for, the, for baseball to uh, get past the situation there. And anyways, Dave, got something? Yeah, we ain't gonna be able to talk about NBA though. Like it is awful. Like that, we have like no that, NBA. Yeah, that basketball talk we just did right there. That's the most you'll ever get out of me and Dave for basketball, right? There. I was gonna say we uh we haven't paid a single second of attention to basketball this season yet. So we're at the yeah. Yeah. Oh good. The, uh, yeah. our, Maybe our some March Jim, Madness. He's, yeah. he, he's, he's a basketball guy. He'll he, he's 21 years old or, or is he 20? He's 20. My nephew, I don't even know. He's gonna hope he cuts that out. But anyways, he uh, he's a he's a big basketball guy, and uh, no, he'll he fills us in when we're really wrong with everything. No, once again, guys, thank you very much for being on the show tonight, and we'll have to do it again sometime. Fourteen twenty podcast, four beer sports, talking a lot more. Team up tonight with the brutally honest sports podcast. Thanks a lot, once again, guys. Take care of each other. More importantly, take care of yourself. Keep you around. Keep your stick on the ice. And what else, Dave? Don't swing at high pitches, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. a lot for joining. It was a lot of fun tonight, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.